live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company. Five o'clock hours here, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, 6.30 start on VGK and San Jose. $5 draft special here. Come on down. You can bet the game. Got the sportsbook inside the sports bar, and there are betting kiosks, so you can uh, bet 24 hours a day. You can cash 24 hours a day. Let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. You know, Candy, I never got into this whole Super League discussion because I don't know a whole lot about soccer. Soccer is what it was, right? Because then everyone tried to come up with ideas for Super Leagues and other sports. Golf may actually do something like this, but at least in terms of some sort of uh, incentive system to get guys paid more money. But what's it built around? This is kind of a fascinating idea, and what they're doing is golf is looking at its players and saying, how do we get them more money to fight off what might be interest from other places? We've seen this go on over the years, right? We've seen... Other little fledgling tours, especially overseas in Saudi Arabia, they try to get guys to come over and play some tournaments and start up another tour. It hasn't really gone anywhere, but the PGA Tour looked at it and said, you know what, we need to treat our star players a little better to make sure they don't go anywhere. So they created what is going to be a $40 million bonus pool, and they're going to evaluate their players on six different criteria to see who gets the money. It's basically a payout to the top ten. But only one of those six criteria is how they perform on the course. The rest of it has to do with their Q score and Nielsen ratings and essentially how much interest they drum up in themselves as a personality more than as a golfer. Uh, Shockingly, if you were to apply most of these metrics, they would go to Tiger Woods first and foremost. And Brooks Kepka came out and said, you know what? That's exactly the way it should be because none of us would be playing for big money in the first place if it weren't for Tiger. Wow. But Fuzzy Zeller rolling over in his grave right now. Oh, my and, God. And, uh, and again, the joke always goes, he's not dead. Uh, well, uh, remember, how, remember how angry he was when Tiger came on the scene? And I remember doing sports radio back then, and I'm like, you morons! Do you know what this guy is going to do for your bottom line? But when you're racist, you don't see that. Fair assessment. Now, uh, fuzzy or no fuzzy, you know, the other guys who would benefit from this are not shocking. It's DeShambo, it's Justin Thomas, it's Ricky Fowler. But you know what else is interesting? One of the five metrics that they're looking or at using? Yeah. Interesting here. Um, created by Jordan Spieth's father. Oh, wow. So, doesn't it seem a little strange to you that Jordan Spieth, one of the most popular golfers on the PGA Tour, might be evaluated in part by a metric that his dad came up with? It is kind of interesting. How much of this is going to require golfers to actually be decent human beings and interact with the fans and not freak out when someone brushes a blade of grass near them or shakes a pocket of coins? Yeah, I think Stevie Williams, the old uh, tiger caddy, would not have a place in any oh of these God. things. Yeah, tossing cameras into the lake. Now, I, I think what, you, what it's going to come down to is you are going to need to hire just a fantastic social media team. Yes. Right? This isn't about are you a good person. Right. This is about do you look like a good person. Man. Like, to be but Bryson DeChambeau and to be the jerk that he is to most people, you are going to have to turn this thing around on a dime. 
right? I, like uh, I, 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 what? I don't like that statement. I don't like. I don't think Bryce, Big Bryce, has been a jerk to anyone. I think Big Bryce and DeChambeau is kind of going the like the golf version of Rick Rude. I'm sorry. Did you just go for ravishing Rick Rude? Yes, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time when he was calling everyone fat, sweaty pigs and quiet down, so I can take off the robe and show what a real man's body looks like for the ladies. And you got on me for dragging out Teddy Ruxpin the other day. That's a much better I, yes, 80s yeah. reference than mine. That's much better. Ravishing Rick Rude. By the way, I did have an autographed Ravishing Rick Rude picture back in my uh, young teen days because I enjoyed that act as much as you did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that one. Um, yeah, you know, Bryson plays the heel pretty well. Maybe he's not the straight-up jerk that a Patrick Reed is. Yeah. Like, there are times that I have straight-up bet on Patrick Reed knowing that he might win just because I wanted to feel okay if he won the tournament, and I just didn't want to be mad about it. Right. Like it was an emotional hedge on Patrick Reed. So maybe he's not as bad as that, but all of these guys, if they want a piece of the $40 million bonus pool, they're going to have to clean up their act, at least on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Number four. Uh, so I'm a Rick Rude stan. I'm quickly becoming a Bryson DeChambeau stan. We already know. I'm an Alex Rodriguez stand to the point where, of course, I was buying up his jerseys and defending him to the nth degree during his lowest times, uh, yelling at another patron in uh, a Walmart who dared make a comment about one of my A-Rod jerseys, basically saying, go blank yourself. Don't worry about Alex Rodriguez. I love the man. So when I see that uh, there are rumors coming out as to why Jennifer Lopez split with Alex Rodriguez, you know which direction I'm going in. Uh, the, the story here says that uh, this is People magazine saying that the couple is ending things because J-Lo couldn't fully, quote, trust him. She's been pretty miserable and didn't think it was in her best interest to stay with Alex. My God. Do we not know who Alex Rodriguez is? The man loves the ladies. You're not going to change him. So while I feel sorry, no, I'm not going to say that. What was she thinking getting into a relationship with a man so beautiful that he just stares at himself in the mirror? That's not what he does. He kisses the mirror. All of us have taken a moment to admire ourselves on a particularly good day and say, you know what, Adam Candy? Not bad. Is that right? Not bad. This is one of those days where... You might move up from a five and a half. You might touch six. You might just, you might sniff six for a moment in the right light. But Alex Rodriguez takes it farther. He, he, he kisses that mirror for a photo shoot. Yes. Look, we know who he is. Um, it's not as though J-Lo has her own splendid history in terms of, you know, choice. I mean, she, she has proven to be fickle over time. She, she moves on. And she moves on to the next. Thank you. Next. But um, but but don't you think if you're in Alex Rodriguez's shoes, as much as you love the ladies, at some point you probably look and say, I think this is my peak. I think I cannot do better than I am doing right this moment. No. What? That's a he simple... can't do better than Jennifer Lopez. Um, do better is a relative term. If... 
If doing better is not being with a giant pain in the ass, then yeah, he can do Whoa. better. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa, J-Lo money, insider money, stuff money, from my... Well, well, money, but, but here's the problem. I can never shake the Affleck J-Lo story, Blackjack at the Hard Rock, where Affleck has a big night, pushes out a tip, and J-Lo's like, nope, I'm going to pull that back. That's a little too much. I'm out. I'm out. And it's only one story I'm judging her off of. And you're right. It's not fair to you know judge uh, her off of... 90 billion relationships. But this goes for both genders or whatever. If you're gender fluid, you don't have a gender. Um, doing better in terms of relationships as you move along in life sometimes just requires being with someone that, that you're just comfortable around. They don't have to have money. They don't have to be the, the, you know, a beauty. It just comes down to, do I have some peace of mind and can I freaking enjoy being around the person? Without being on eggshells or, in J-Lo's case, worrying about my husband doinking everything that walks or at least wanting to. See, but they were willing to make the kind of transaction that I think for both of them goes so much deeper than marriage, right? I know they were engaged. I love this. But they were willing to, they were willing to invest the one thing that both of them truly loves and be committed together forever. They wanted to buy the New York Mets. Yes, They yes, wanted to yes. co-mingle their money. Yes. That, to me says that these two were meant to be together and I know the statement said they're still going to be friends so maybe he maybe he was putting part of himself somewhere that he shouldn't have been or J-Lo was just worried about it I think the statement was she didn't have to worry about it being in the air that he might cheat uh, okay. um, so we might have an arrangement worked out here I don't know I, I, I'm not I'm not inside the uh, the J-Rod the A-Lo whatever it happens to be I, I, I just I just know that I think these two people, these two beautiful human beings who love their money enough that they're saving the tips at the blackjack table, yep. that they are buying NBA teams, I, I think that in the end their money is meant to be together. Number three. Doc Candy. This here is Dr. Ruth. I like it. Um, yeah, J-Lo finding out that uh, A-Rod has to sleep with everything that walks. Uh, certainly in the no S department. Like, really? Uh, this one's great. And I don't know what is happening here. I don't know if there's uh, some Gatorade in his ears from that uh, goofy commercial he just did. I guess I can say Geico since I popped uh, Gatorade. Um, Dickie V tweets out yesterday on the transfer portal. Spoke with several coaches that are saying that widespread tampering is going on in recruiting players from the transfer portal. They claim players are informed that School X will offer if you get in the portal. That is pathetic and violates why the rule was put into play. I, are, we, are we seriously going to have a discussion that there's shocking things going on in the transfer portal and that coaches are treating the transfer portal like they treat the high school recruiting game? Come on, Dickie V. But, you know, here's the thing. I actually, I do believe there are a lot of people out there, casual basketball fans, college basketball fans, that, that think the transfer portal is something completely different than the dirty game of recruiting kids out of high school. So maybe this is a, a bomb that people need to drop on. I mean, as though assistant coaches who recruited these kids, assistant coaches who still know all the AAU coaches, who right. still know all the families, are not keeping the pulse of whether that kid right. that they nearly got to come to their school is happy at the school that they're at. Come on, that's just relationships. So, I mean, look, if you change the headline on what you just said and it read 80-year-old man unaware of how transfer portal works, 
then I don't think we would be nearly as uh, you know built up on it as we are. Oh no, Dickie V said he's talking to coaches who are very upset about this. Number two. Antonio Brown is available and he's quote cleared unquote. Come on, man. Bring him yeah, home. In his sexual assault allegation. Bring him home. Um, Raiders are still short a major playmaker at wide receiver. Would they do this dance again on the ultra cheap with Antonio Brown? Mike Mayock doesn't seem to think so, but John Gruden seemed to leave that door open, so we know who makes the decisions in the end. Now, the reporters down in Tampa are saying the resolution of this civil suit over his sexual assault allegations was the last thing remaining between Antonio Brown coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, is he probably going back to Tuami? Then yeah, he's probably going back to Tuami. But come on, if you're the Raiders, come on, make the call. You know you want to. You know you want to do it. You know you want another hit. You know you want to bring him back. Bring him home. Come on, just bring A.B. back. Number one. Uh, controversy yesterday around the Raiders. I think it's calmed down. I think the Mark Davis explanation of why I Can Breathe was tweeted out after the uh, Chauvin verdict comes down. The uh, George Floyd family says they're cool with it. Uh, Davis's explanation at least opens the mind that there could be some nuance here. He explained he had no idea that I Can Breathe was weaponized by you know white supremacists and folks who were... I mean, in the Eric Garner case, it was, it was pretty sick. Um, that was the... the the guy who was choked out uh, in New York City, tragically, and, and passed away. Should the NFL admonish Mark Davis over this? And we talked earlier about Mark Davis not deleting it. What needs to happen from here? Did we, did we kind of get what we needed out of this, which was some discourse where Mark Davis understands a little better, or at least his social media team, maybe he took the fall for them, understands that these are really, if you're going to get involved, it's, these are really important times and you got to make sure there's a real discussion before you send something out. I'm not going to weigh in on the Twitter piece because we all have our own philosophies that are very personally driven and personally held. We talked to Adam Hill earlier. He's never deleted a tweet in his life. We make a mistake, we move on. So you want to decide to leave the tweet up? It's your prerogative. Should the NFL admonish Mark Davis? No, of course not. Why, why would the NFL come out and admonish Mark Davis? I mean, that's that's a free speech issue. If that's what he wants to say, then let him say it. You know, if, I mean, I don't think Mark Davis is out here telling on himself in any way. I think he was tone deaf. I think once he was given notice that he was tone deaf, his reaction was not necessarily ideal to say, well, I'm standing by it. Because these are listening situations. These are listening moments for guys like you and me and Mark Davis. We're not the ones who've had to deal with this for years. We're not the ones who've had to deal with the fear that our black and Af our African-American friends have expressed of law enforcement. So what should happen from here? We've spent 24 hours on the context of this, whether it's the comments from the Floyd family, whether it's Mark Davis doing multiple interviews, whether it's Deshaun Reed from The Athletic who is from Ferguson, Missouri, whether it's him saying, I don't like this. We've had all of the context put to it. So my question to Mark Davis and to the Raiders is, 
why can't we add a little context to what's sitting there on Twitter? Because there are people who are upset about it. We saw LeBron James' reaction. We saw Jamel Hill's reaction. But I talked earlier, and I still believe that someone who comes and sees that tweet right now and doesn't know anything else that Mark Davis has said, doesn't know anything else the Floyd family has said, is still subject to to having the wrong interpretation of what Mark Davis really seems to have meant in his heart by the whole thing. So I don't understand why you can't put a second tweet on the bottom of it, why you can't add something to it, why you can't put out an official statement, why you can't do more to add the context that you're upset that people aren't taking from it from the first place. Does uh, does Deshaun, who covers the Raiders and, and wrote the, the blistering piece, does he need to now apologize to Mark Davis? Absolutely not. No way should he. He talked directly to Mark Davis. He spoke to Mark Davis for the piece, and he gave Mark Davis his say. And Deshaun, who was very clear about the fact that he is a young African-American man who's been involved in the Black Lives Matter movement with his background from Ferguson, with Andrew Brown, with all of the things that have gone wrong uh, you know, in his view, he has no reason to apologize because he said, I talked to Mark Davis, I listened to Mark Davis, I explained it to Mark Davis, and I still found what he said and his explanations not to be enough. Boy, if folks were mad at Mark Davis for uh, basically a misunderstanding and uh, lack of understanding from uh, Mark on the uh, I can breathe mantra, which had been weaponized in the past, uh, on the way back, we'll address this one. I, I wonder what people are going to think of this headline, Pro Football Talk. Brett Favre thinks Derek Chauvin didn't intend to kill George Floyd. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. About five minutes away from getting a reaction from uh, Q Myers, who is our Raiders insider. You know, Q didn't get to react to uh, what happened yesterday with the Chauvin verdict and also what the Raiders sent out on Twitter. Brett Favre has had a chance to react. And, you know, saying last week when uh, Brett Favre was – Ruffling feathers. Maybe this is a character he's fully embracing. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Or maybe he's just kind of dopey. Or maybe he's just saying what he believes. And he does represent a lot of people. Uh, but he's getting a lot of flack today. He's doing a podcast with uh, Eric Bowling, who used to be with Fox News. Which uh, Mike Florio says they have something in common. Beyond the podcast, okay. Uh, Brett Favre said, I find it hard to believe, and I'm not defending Derek Chauvin in any way. Uh Uh-oh. I find it hard to believe, first of all, that he intentionally meant to kill George Floyd. That being said, his actions were uncalled for. I don't care what color the person is on the street. I don't know what led to that video that we saw where his knee was on his neck. But the man had thrown in the towel, and it was just uncalled for. Fair or not, you know, he deserves something. What, I don't know. But he was absolutely wrong. Brett Favre. On a very touchy topic. Offensive? And by the way, he was not convicted on any sort of premeditated murder. 
So I guess if you were you know looking at what he said from the legal side of things, I guess he's correct. Um, is today the day to step up and sort of back in any way this awful law enforcement person? Of course not. Okay. And it it is not the same as when the former leader of the country talked about the race riots and riots in Charlottesville and said there were very fine people on both sides, but it starts to edge that way, doesn't it? It starts to move toward the, well, I'm sure he didn't mean to do it. I mean, yeah, that, that is literally the definition of second-degree murder. He, he did not intend to kill the guy, but yet he used deadly force for more than nine minutes and killed the guy. So, no, today's not the day. Tomorrow won't be the day. Next week it won't be the day. And it never will it be the day that I want to know what Brett Favre thinks about it. More of Cofield and Company is on the way, live at the Golden Circle Sports Bar inside TI. I kind of understand what he was saying, but you could have taken the quote from George's brother, from Floyd's brother, and just used that quote, and you wouldn't even have these issues. Or elaborate on, I can't breathe. Elaborate, what do you mean? Tell us more about that. And, and he didn't do it, and so, therefore, he got the backlash from it. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Keyshawn Johnson comments on the Raiders' tweet about George Floyd. Interesting response. Q Myers is with us. Uh, Q and I spoke yesterday. Uh, Everything was kind of breaking during our conversation, and then the the Raiders' tweet came out later. Q joined us here for a couple of minutes because we wanted his reaction. Q is a radio host in Waco. He is African-American and does the Locked On Raiders podcast. I don't know if the, the level of importance was listed there in the, the right order. But, uh, Q, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be on with you guys and uh, love to talk any kind of conversation, and this is a good one we're going to have. Yeah. All right, well, first of all, what were your emotions yesterday? Um, I know you were on the air. Um, yeah. As, you know, as, as, as we were, you know, as we all were, uh, as this thing was developing yesterday. So give me your thoughts. I, I'll tell you, uh, I was very nervous. And I've been nervous this whole time, and we've talked about this even, you know, weeks ago. I've been nervous the whole time because I feel like as an African-American, I've been let down so many times that I expect, it's like almost being in a bad relationship where you expect the other person to do you wrong, (laughs) and you don't trust that they're going to do right by you. And and then when they do do right by you, you're kind of surprised. And I'll tell you, when uh, I found out and I saw that the, the, the ruling was about to come down, the verdict was about to come down, I literally was nervous like it was my family member that was, you know, on the line there or that it was about my family member. Like, it felt like it was a part of me, and it just, I just, I, I got nervous. You know, I couldn't really keep my concentration on what I was trying to do, and when it came down, guilty, guilty, guilty. I I was pleasantly surprised. I, I was shocked, and, you know, I felt like, okay, you know, they, they, they got it. They figured it out. They, they saw what everyone else saw, and it wasn't a mirage what we saw. We saw what we saw, and we thought it was murder when we saw it, and the, the, the jury felt it was murder as well. So I felt really good after that. And, you know, similar to what a lot of America said, and I know that it didn't come out great on a, on a tweet by Mark Davis, but you could kind of give a sigh of relief. You can exhale. You can breathe again because you knew that justice was being served, or at least as much as it possibly could be. 
So you mentioned Davis. That's what do you think he was getting at? Absolutely. You know, it's crazy. The, immediately when I saw it, I, I knew what I knew what I felt like he was saying, and, and I did a podcast about it today. That that was the the feeling that I got when I read it. I felt like he was saying, "Ooh, that's a sigh of relief," because I, I I just pictured him sitting on the edge of his seat like I was, wondering what it was going to be and expecting the worst. And that stinks, man. That stinks that that's what we think the worst is going to happen without knowing what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, when it's something positive, he's like, "Whoa, that's a surprise!" And then you just almost it's almost like. Whew, that didn't it didn't go bad like I thought it was. So he yeah, he just let out a major exhale. That's that's how I took it immediately when I saw it. Q Myers is with us, locked on Raiders podcast, reacting to uh, the Raiders tweet yesterday. Mark Davis says that it was uh, his tweet. I'm not so sure uh, that it was. He might be covering for uh, someone on the staff. What do you think of that? Do you think Mark Davis would just go and send something out like that? I mean, I, he might have directed it to somebody to put out. He yeah. might have approved of it to put out. You know, for somebody. I don't think he. It got on Twitter himself and did it. You know, I, I just don't think a lot of people that are in that kind of position are running Twitter accounts or doing tweets like that. But I think that he, he approved it. He, he gave it the double thumbs up, and he stood by it and said, hey, you know, uh, this is what was meant by it. This is I was trying to go along the same lines as the family, and, you know, I, I'm just happy that justice was served. I, that's, that's how I'm assuming that he took it. So Q- I heard your reaction. We talked to our UNLV insider, Caleb Herring, earlier on, and he he said he generally understood the sentiment and said that he still thought it was a little bit on the tone-deaf side. And, of course, we saw you know some prominent people like LeBron James basically say, what the heck, right? Um, right. So now that Mark Davis has seen a wide range of reactions, do you think that he or the Raiders could add some context to it because right now it's still just the tweet as it was up there and I, I guess what I've been saying all day long is if if this is a matter of learning if it's a matter of listening and learning then could Mark Davis or the Raiders do something to reflect that do you think that would be good or useful or do you think he should just leave it as is no I mean I think that they definitely could have came out and further explained what they meant you know and especially since the actual term I can breathe came from those you know t-shirts that the police officers in New York were wearing and he said when he was talking to Deshaun Reed that he didn't, you know, he didn't realize that. And so, okay, so if, even if you don't realize that, you have to understand that that's what a lot of people did realize. And that's what a lot of people did see and understand. So that's why a lot of people took it offensively. I've seen a lot of people kind of walk their, their stance back since he came out and made his statement. And, and since, uh, you know, uh, George Floyd's brother came out and made his statement, I, I, I see a lot of people kind of walking back like, okay, well, it's not as bad. But I still think that the Raiders could have took the lead on that and just further explained it. Like I said, I did a whole podcast on it today. So I spent a good 12 or 15 minutes on it. They could have spent, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes on it as well, or at least just explaining, hey, this is what we meant. Uh, we don't want to take it down because we don't want to look. When you take something down, it's almost like you're ashamed of something. You don't want to be ashamed of it. But at the same time, you want you know you want to explain yourself so people understand it was never intended in a bad way. Yeah, I thought yesterday was a real interesting study in social media reaction and, and reaction in general. Um, not everyone has to send something out on a historic day like this, especially you know, especially if, you know maybe you're not fully equipped to do so. And I, I thought right. some of the organizations really nailed it yesterday. I thought it was important to mention that. Um, you know, this is a bigger issue that still needs to be dealt with, and it's a systemic deal with uh, some, you know, facets of law enforcement, and then others. I think we're unwilling to go there. So, 
I, I don't know. I just thought it was a really interesting day to, to look at and the way people reacted to it. And um, I don't want to judge why they were sending stuff out, but I'm also a little bit leery as to you know why some organizations and why some people felt they had to get involved and they had to make some kind of statement. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, Steve. I feel like people and organizations and, and people that are in prominent you know positions, they feel like they have to, so they're not looked at as and judged. Like, well, why isn't? Why didn't they say something? How come the Raiders didn't make a statement? And then when you make a statement, if it's if it's not really worded the way it should have been worded, right. then it's like, well, I can't believe they made that statement. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's better just to send it on out. But then I feel like you get judged as well. Like, hey, if this person didn't speak on it, then you know, are they? Do they not care? Is it is it not one of their issues? And sometimes it's probably smarter just to go ahead and send it on out. But um, yeah, it's, it's I don't know. And this has been going on for a while. I don't know what everybody's reasoning is behind their their actions you know is it actions because they really truly mean that or they want to fit in and, and not be judged as well the organization that doesn't care have you seen any Raiders players make comments on uh, the Raiders statement or just comments on the the verdict the conviction actually you know it's funny I haven't I, I didn't even think about that but I, I really haven't seen any Raider players come out and say anything to be honest with you I see more Raider players talking about a single digit, you know, possibly changing their numbers from, like, Josh Jacobs from 28 to possibly 8. You know, I've actually seen more of that. Not saying that it's not out there, but that's just what I've seen. Q, we appreciate a couple minutes. Thanks for bouncing back on back-to-back days. Important stuff here and historic day yesterday. And, um, I don't know, I think Raiders fans, I know people feel strongly about it. I know, you know, we had a a local writer say it was was horrible. It was miserable. I will say for and Raiders. That was over the top. That was you, that did, was, you, you that thought was it was too much. Why? Yeah, that was that was definitely too much because again, his intentions, his 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 meaning and his purpose behind it were good. And I will never ever, if you came to me and said, "Q, I will never understand what you've gone through, but I'm here to have your back." I will appreciate that. I'll never say, "Well, Steve, you don't understand. You just don't understand." So you won't you'll know what kind of stance I'm at. I'll never say that. I'll always appreciate the at least the uh, the empathy, you know, be, you having my back. I do appreciate that. And when what I was getting to and I was uh, I saw a lot of Raiders fans who were like, "Oh, another embarrassment." It was there was a lot of nuance to what happened yesterday, and I don't think you need to be embarrassed of the Raiders. No. No. I don't either. I'm not. And again, I I, I had no ill will towards what he said. Uh, I tried to explain it on my show today, and I think a lot of people understood it after I explained it, coming from a sense of an African-American that's been there, done that. Thank you, Q. Absolutely. Anytime. Appreciate you guys. There is Q Myers doing radio in Waco, big part of the Raider Nation Radio 920 AM family, and also does the daily Locked On Raiders podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Hey, make sure you get into our contest, our NFL draft contest, Drafting for Doe, ESPN Las Vegas, and the DeHart team, Nova Home Loans, are giving one winner $1,000 in cash, $250 gift card to the Raiders Image Store. It's free to get in. You pick the first 17 picks, the most accurate set of selections. Makes you the winner. $1,000 in cash, 250 bucks in the Raiders Image Store. Gift card. It's all courtesy of the DeHart team, Nova Home Loans. Picks have to be in by next Wednesday. Only way you can get in is online, our website. Right out front, 
lvsportsnetwork.com, lvsportsnetwork.com. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You had some trouble with the Western Bubble Hub nailing it earlier in the show, Candy. A little. Little. A little. All of it. I had all the trouble in not, one moment. Not to get on you, but, uh, you know, if we're going to be accurate on the show, let me try this again. What I like right now is for all of you fat, out-of-shape sweat hogs to keep the noise down while I take off my robe and show the ladies what a real sexy man looks like. That's sure. what Rick. That's what Rick Rude used to say. Oh, I, not I, I, not the the morphed nonsense garble I threw out early in this hour. I, I was, apologize to Rick oof. Rude, who I don't know if he's still alive. I was worried there for a second. No context. I thought you were going to have some explaining to do to the SO when you got home tonight. Like that, yeah. that was that was disturbing. Uh, Rick Rude did pass away in 1999. Damn it. Well, paying some homage to him. Wow. No idea. I have raised my standards. I now come to town with a pair of size 5 Calvin Klein and a 36 double D. And if you don't fit the mold, don't dream of the rude awakening. Woo! That's a Ric Flair in at the end. Stick back your in hand the in there, Dave. Movies I've watched the last couple of days. Because Ari's trying to make me watch this reality show, The Circle. I watched Promising Young Woman, which is up for a bunch of Oscars. You may want to check this out. That's the kind of one you have to call a film, though, right? You can't call that a movie. Um, no, I think it's a movie. It was. It's real interesting. When I first started watching, I'm like, ooh, this is like Death Wish with Charles Bronson. I love those movies. And then I won't give away the rest of the theme, but it does have one of the better endings I've seen in a long time. So it's actually up for Best Picture. That's all I'll say. Um, on the flip side, I also watched another cinematic masterpiece. Um, have you ever seen Seventeen again? No, but Ari looks like he might have an opinion here. No, Ari? it's a movie, right? I was I was yes, thinking it about is. it. I yes. actually was like, oh, it must be one of those cool MTV shows. But uh, let me think. I feel like yes, I've seen that. Two thousand nine. Okay. I don't want to give anything away. Matthew Perry's in it. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of vaguely familiar. I'll tell you, that's Zac Efron. Boy, he's a good actor. He is a good actor. You're waiting for feedback on that, or you just you just feel like talking to the people about Zac Efron right here? Are, are you, you? I mean, I could go ten minutes on the young man. He's not I, that I, young I anymore. Didn't know. <laughs> okay. Apparently, he's got a dad bod now. I guess I don't know. Good, good, uh, but yeah, um, that one felt like, like a mix of "It's a Wonderful Life" at the start, and then it had a little bit of "Back to the Future." But again, I don't want to give away the movie. You know, it's a spoiler. It's twelve years later, but I, I recommend it. It was enjoyable. Well, there, there's the mashup I feel like we've all been waiting for. It's a wonderful life and back to the future. And I do feel like uh, Syracuse and Ohio State basketball were shooting a little lower than they should have been back in 2009 for basketball recruits. That's it. No more spoilers. I'm done. I think you buried the lead that the uh, Tia and Tamara are in this movie. Who and what? Sister, sister? You don't, Adam, help me out here. I am familiar with Sister Sister. Go yes. home, Roger. I, I, yeah, that, that could be a little bit of Barry in the lead. Um, you, you're way too current for all my pop culture references, though. 2009 
<laughs> you're you're going to have to dig back before the uh, for the turn of the uh, for the turn of the century to to get into my wheelhouse here. Jim Gaffigan was in it. There we go. That's something I enjoy. Brian Doyle Murray, rest in peace. Good movies though, and they're different. I don't know if you you knew that. One's up for an Oscar this year. Uh, Seventeen again was mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. So, so so in other so words, Ma- I I may watch The Circle. So in other words, Matthew Perry continues to be snubbed in his Oscar quest, which is a shame. It may have been Oscar worthy. Hmm. You sure about that? Yeah. What what sh- have you watched a lot of the Oscar movies? Are you going to be like an interested observer when when the Oscars get on? I will say we. We, myself and the significant other, just like a, a J-Lo and A-Rod, very tight, uh, we generally will watch most of the Oscar movies. At least she will. She'll try to, but we will watch most of them. We will check them out. Yes, we try to get prepped for the Oscars by doing that. And then the, the final frontier, as I said earlier, when uh, Jeffrey Benson was on from Circa, uh, we need to be able to bet these things. There are three states in which you can bet them right now. Really? Including your home state of New Jersey. Son of a... I might have to have uh, Dad run down to Atlantic City and get some Oscar bets. Will he be betting on promising young woman for you? Uh, no, no, I don't. I well, you know what? Actually, I got to check the odds. Um, it is the kind of movie. We'll have to elaborate on this down the road because I don't want to spoil it. So just watch it. It is the kind of movie I think could could steal some awards. It shouldn't, but it could. Oh, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Re- no spoilers. Really, Roger Ebert? Tell me more. No spoilers. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, Ari, are you going to Florida in July for a hip-hop concert? Oh, of course. No, you, more, no you, more eternal lockdowner for me. Well, you did send, you, you <laughs> send over messages that I believe are those of very, a very high level of excitement, and you're an excitable guy. Uh, you, oh, yeah. when you, if you drop an LFG in our notes um, about rolling loud, mm. I figure you're traveling to Florida. So what's going on? I haven't uh, made the travel plans quite yet, but I am very excited for the lineup anyway. Maybe I might not make it, but it's still an awesome lineup. For the Rolling Loud show, it is July 23rd to the 25th in good old Miami, the Hard Rock Stadium. That's just, yeah, Florida in general. Make uh, sure you don't tell us anything about that lineup that you're really <laughs> excited about, though. It is. Headline like on, teeth. <laughs> on Friday, the headliner is ASAP Rocky. I'm sure you're familiar with him, Steve. Uh, mm-hmm. 21 Savage, Lil Baby. I know you're a big fan of his, too, Rick Ross, uh, and a bunch of others. The next day is headlined by Travis Scott, Young Thug. I think, geez, these are all up your alley, Steve. Uh, and last but not least, on Sunday, it's Post Malone, Lil Uzi Vert, Da Baby, and Megan The Stallion. There's also, like, 20 other acts that are really awesome for each of these days, but, you know, we only have so much time. So. Okay, Steve, I have breaking news. Yes. Uh, we, we, need to, we need to go through the best picture Oscar lines from DraftKings in New Jersey. This can be bet on okay. right now. All right, all right. The, the overwhelming favorite at nearly minus 700 is Nomadland for Best Picture. I don't think I know that movie, but I will find out more about it. Okay, The Trial of the Chicago 7 is 6 to 1. Minari wow. is 14 to 1. Promising Young Woman, which we just heard about, 17 to 1. But if you go down to the Best Actress category carrie mulligan from promising young woman is the odds-on favorite at plus 125 is that right her and viola davis who's two to one 
the Charles Bronson of 2021 could actually win an Oscar, maybe in in, uh, in honor of Charles. Okay. And second choice on the on the best picture is the trial. What is it again? The trial of Chicago. The trial 7? of the Chicago Seven, which I know nothing about the movie other than the fact that when I logged into my Netflix at lunch to watch Jeopardy, as I always do, that was what was pushed to me. Was Trial of the Chicago Seven. It is a good movie. I don't know that it's. Best picture, Oscar worthy. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to save this because I, I want to hear these odds. I want to hear more of them. Fascinating okay. story. Fascinating what do you want, story. What, what do you want next? Here, let's, let's go best. Let's go for best actor. Don't this do one. It. Well, come on. You know what's going to happen. Come on. Chadwick okay. Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, minus 1,667. Okay. You're not going to beat Chadwick Boseman in the memorial category this year. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen on any list? Uh, on my list as one of my favorite actors to watch, but uh, not on the best actor list. Let's check out. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's supporting older. actor. Yes. Best supporting, supporting actor. actor. I'm yep. a little behind. Yep. Uh, 12 to 1 for Sacha Baron Cohen in the yeah. trial of the Chicago 7. The odds-on favorite, I'm going to screw this name up, Daniel Kaluuya from Judas and the Black Messiah. Minus 2,500. This guy right. has this has to mean something to you because it means nothing to me. The assignment is set. Ari will watch all these movies and report on them. He doesn't have a lot of time. He's a very busy man. Only if you watch The Circle. Exactly. I will watch the circle. I'll have two episodes done by tomorrow, so don't please don't challenge me on TV. Oh, I will sit on that couch yes. and I will turn I, on I, my I Netflix. will fix you by paying as much as I can for my freaking satellite service, and I will fix your wagon by watching crappy movies for hours on end. How about that? Get on down here to the TI Draft Beer Special. Golden Knights are on in little over 30 minutes. We'll see you.